November 16, 2020. It's a lot from Pedro Show.
for P-Rev Show. Happy Monday. Uh, start off the show with Serenity from John Coltrane. 
which I believe means a little peace of mind. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Coltrane. And then uh, bur uh, burn the wall, <laughs> which is kind of calm. It's kind of not. But who knows, you know, because in music and lyrics, people, we can use metaphor and uh, analogies and stuff. And so things, yeah, can get kind of symbolic. And that's from Last Giant. And, uh, yeah, Brother Matt's still in the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point because we're quitting quarantino mode. But I'm not totally man alone because those software engineers in Estonia with their incredible Skype invention. I got Ryan from Last Giant with. Welcome aboard, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me. And um, you're, you're talking to me from Portland, Oregon, right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, please give me your first musical, re not your first, but because uh, how do you know? But, but your earliest memory that you still got of music. Um, well, my earliest memory of music, honestly, was my folks' house and my parents were super into disco and they would play that Saturday Night uh, Fever soundtrack all the time. And I was like five years old and my parents would they took disco dancing lessons and they'd make my brother and I sit and watch them as their audience. And they just play that record. Well, that's so why people have that. kids, right? But anyway, you know, I think dancing, it might have been... You, Part of the first uh, musical instrument, I think, actually, the feet pounding on the ground were the first drums. So maybe in oh, a way, absolutely. yeah, you got like a foundation lesson in music without knowing it. Maybe right. without them knowing it either. <laughs> but there's something well, about so dancing, right? Yeah. There's something about rhythm and moving the body. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, that was a connection too. Plus, you think the grooves, like, I think that made a big impression on me musically. Just the grooves alone, that stuck with me. But I also came from a, a musical family. So my my grandfather was a horn player in a big band outfit. And yeah. my mom was a singer, actually. And they were from Thousand Oaks, California. The Val. Not not too yep. far from where Captain Beefheart, uh, that house where they practiced up the Trout Mask replica. Uh, wow. so were there instruments in the pad you grew up? Um, so not, well, yes, my, my pop was a clear, is a clarinet player. So he had his clarinet, but I, my grandfather, I started with the drums and he got me a drum kit when I was like four, you know, like one of the f wow. four or five, one of those paper head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because a couple of episodes somebody was talking about that, and actually the first urinal record Kevin's playing one of them. Now, now four years old, did you pick it? Um, I mean, my with my grandfather around, he was able. I mean, it's so young that it's hard to take a lot of direction, but it 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 kind of made sense. I didn't get serious about it until I was about nine or ten, and then I got a. A 61 Ludwig Blue Sparkle drum kit. Yeah. And and uh, then I got I got pretty serious. My brother and I had a punk rock band by the time I was 10 or 11. So. What about lessons? Lessons? I only took six months worth of lessons. Okay, um, and after that self-taught with records and stuff? Yeah. And at the time, too, like, I did... I, I, Probably around nine or ten, I guess there was a lot of hair metal on the radio, so it was pretty easy to play along to that stuff. 
<laughs> just pour on the floor. You know, <laughs> you know it's funny yeah. because you bring up something great, Ryan, because if you think about Black Sabbath, they're kind of a pioneer. But it ain't butt rock because Bill Ward is not for him, right? He's he's kind of jazzy. Oh, yeah, just awesome. Just so colorful and all the shades of light and dark he puts into his drumming. He's just it's definitely compositions, I think. Incredible. Especially like uh the the first records, right? Like Paranoid and uh um Tom stuff in Master Reality, like uh I, I don't know, all of them th one of them Children of the Grave, it sounds like he's running against a wooden fence with a stick. <laughs> right. Well, that's okay. one of my favorite Sabbath songs, for sure. Yeah, just, it's it's funny how it, for a little while there, it lost its way and got into that, well, maybe it was the disco thing. Because <laughs> kind of, that's what the drums are in that butt rock stuff. Uh, what about at school? Were you in the choir, the marching band? I didn't do that. And I, I I regret it now, but I did go I did go to college for jazz drumming. For they had a small program at BSU because I, I grew up in Idaho in Boise, Idaho. Ah, okay. And uh, and they had like a small little program, so I, I was able to. That's where I started any kind of school playing. But the rest of the time, I was just. I mean, I was playing in bars by the time I was sixteen. Yeah, like you're, you're talking about uh, uh, your brother, right? So, and what was he on? Guitar? Yep, he's a guitar player. Yep. Do you remember a, a club in Boise that Paul Revere and the, had? Paul, Paul Revere and the Raiders, and it was a hardcore club for, yeah, maybe it's before your time. but And it, no, it actually got repurposed, right? Because this club was from the, the 60s. And then it got repurposed in the 90s to like a hardcore thing. And I can't remember its fucking name. But I've been at the Neurolux ever, ever since. Right, right. There's the Neurolux, but the Crazy Horse. That's it. That's it. That's yeah, it. Because the crazy I have a, a, a short story about Firehose. Didn't Firehose play the Crazy Horse? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, we went to that show and I was, I was, I was young. I was like 13 or 14. And uh, there was a laundromat around the corner, and I'm not sure if you remember this or not. I don't know why you would, but you guys were all doing some laundry. Oh, that's important on tour. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. But you all were very gracious and cool talking to us, and it was awesome. It was great. Yeah, it was an all-ages club. Uh, Correct, yes. Right. Okay, I, I just never can, I can never remember the name Crazy Horse. Okay, okay. Thank you for doing that because there was uh, somebody talking to me a little while ago about that and I couldn't remember the name. Okay, so when 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 was your first gig? Was it with your brother? Uh, yeah, we we threw a, a backyard show when it was like twelve, I guess. Wow. And yeah, we had a punk rock band. Uh, we we called it Trash Died Society. We thought we were pretty hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, so how'd that gig go over? Tell me about it. Uh, I mean, it was it was a blast. We were, you know, we only had a handful of songs, so it went pretty quick. But the kids, you know, our, our group of friends were just going nuts and, you know, moshing and just having tons of fun. And it was, you know, it it pretty much lit me up. You know, I knew that I wanted to just play music. 
Oh wow! Was it was, was it on the sparkle on the blue sparkle Ludwig? Uh, yes, actually. Um, and then I had then after that one, I got a, a red sparkle Slingerland that had those concert toms. Oh yeah, the heads. On the bottom. No, no heads on the bottom. That came right. from Arena Rock, uh, so they could hear uh, you know, more volume. Right. But I, I only try to record those one time, and they sounded like garbage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like five-gallon uh, ice cream buckets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I want to play uh, your Sunset Queen here.
Live for Pedro show. We're talking about Billy Cobb on my affair. You know, Billy Cobb, big in George Hurley uh, drummer background. He learned from Spectrum and then uh, Keith Moon on the Happy Jack record. Sometimes I fuck that up. I say my generation. There are two different records. But kind of the same Keith, <laughs> especially in those days, which was wild ass, you know. You're not playing the hi-hat unless it's like one of the other cymbals. <laughs> Keep it open really wide, wider than Ringo. Uh, we heard Sunset Queen from Last Giant, MSV after that brand new uh, Italian 7-inch. And this is the A-side, Media Kittens. Further set brand new with To Live Tenderly Anew. That's a tune for these days. Bombas Prendon, Drunk in the Dark, and one of the Bombas Prendons. Oh, it's Bombas Prendon. Keep fucking that up. Sorry, guys. 38 Tigers, Tanks a Lot. Tanks, that was the name of T-Rex album. And, uh, yeah, there was Mark Bolin, like, crouched over a little plastic <laughs> And that was our first gig was T-Rex. I, I didn't get to ask you that. I will when we get to Plutonium Farmers with Fresh Produce. <laughs> yeah, yum, yum. Johnny Mark and the Ricks featuring the late uh, Frankie Onway from Suburban Lawns. Don't Hurt Yourself. Paul Motion, great drummer, man. Uh, Pet, uh, Petra Hayden, recorded with him, but he, the cancer got him. With Trieste. And then finally, Last Giant with the M Will Begin. Interesting title. Uh, what was the first record you bought yourself, Ryan, with your own money? Uh, Def Leppard Pyromania. And what was the first gig you went and saw? First gig I went to see was, uh, uh, my, my mom took me to see, uh, Rick Springfield and Quarter Flash at the BSU Pavilion. Yeah, Rick Springfield, people uh, don't realize he was huge. And I think, actually, one of his tunes got sampled for something or other, I mean... Yeah, but uh, he was also a soap opera guy. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was the connect your mom was watching during the daytime. I don't know. I but, think it was. I think it was. But, but you know, um, he was kind of in the uh, school of Ricky Nelson. You know, a guy, okay, so he's on TV, but he could sing. He could play. He good. I, I, that's, that's why I thought. Uh, so so that, that first backyard, we, in Pedro, we call those keggers. <laughs> Where the first, yeah, we, fir, first the grass dies off, but then it grows back really bright green. <laughs> so oh, pissing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, we we um, we were so young that obviously we weren't, we we couldn't even get our hands on beer if we tried. Yeah. But uh, we had a, a kid in the corner selling concessions, selling like Smarties and and, and you know like candy and stuff. So. <laughs> your your first merch <laughs> your first merch booth <laughs> yeah now uh you said you went to college for music yeah i uh just for I, I went for a year at bsu um and i majored in in uh in music and i had a jazz performance group that i was part of for drumming um but then i at that point too i started hitting the road and doing a lot of touring. I was playing in a few bands. Um, and I just decided I'd rather be on the road. And uh, so I did that. But these weren't your bands. It was more like Side Mouse. Uh, what's that? They, they weren't your bands. It was more like Side Mouse Royal. Uh, side Man. Right, 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 yeah. I had, but I did have a 
my main band that I was playing guitar and, and writing songs for, which was called System and Station. Okay, okay. Was, Let's talk about that. Yeah. When do you make the move to guitar? When when because your brother's playing guitar, right? What does he teach you? Um no, actually, um he so he stepped away, he um he got into snowboarding and actually that's what <laughs> he, he does. He got into he had snow snowboarding and skating and stuff, so he went that direction. I stuck with music, but we started a new a new band with some friends, but nobody could write a song. So my brother's guitar was just in the corner of our rehearsal space, and he wasn't using it. So I just picked it up and started plunking around, and it it just made sense right away. And I think it comes from that rhythm, you know, the drumming background. Oh no, right no, and could be the rhythm, especially you know? with rock and roll. If you could play drums, I really sincerely believe you can play any instrument if you just. Because, right, rhythm's ha more than half. Oh, of course. Yeah, that right hand, I mean, well, unless you're left-handed, but <laughs> that right hand, you, it, everything's right there, really. I mean, yeah. you can hold down a chord and play it, you know, a million different ways if you got different rhythm in your right hand. Absolutely. So. It's not the left. See, the big, maybe Jimmy fooled us. The Northwest, you guys are good with that. Like, oh, it's all the left hand. But Jimmy, in fact, that's one of the bitching things because it's upside down. He could palm the knobs. Uh, but but the idea of rhythm, I love that. So so you didn't have to take lessons. You were self-taught? Yeah, self-taught. So that was my whole thing is, is since I did so much schooling around drumming, I, I wanted guitar to just be purely about writing songs and purely about I don't want to know how to play guitar. You know what I mean? I just want to make it sound the way I, I want it to sound. Sure. If that makes sense. I didn't well, want to, I didn't want to use that as a schooling mechanism. I just wanted to have, you know, fun and write. And, and that's where I found my big, biggest joy was just writing songs, you know? Okay. So, what was the first gig you did with a guitar? Ah, uh, that was a party as well. It was a Halloween party in an apartment complex where the whole, the whole building was, bands and uh, you know a, f a few of the apartments and then just just a wild party that was the first time i ever played guitar and and sang now was that sang was that scary yeah. was that scary compared to being the drummer oh, man big time <laughs> big time <laughs> and i was not i was not i mean i could play guitar okay and i mean i was getting kind of getting the hang of, 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 of playing guitar and writing songs but man i could not sing it i couldn't sing a note so I'd like to say thanks to the guys playing with me for letting me say. <laughs> okay, where'd you go from there? Is this the last giant uh, formation days? Oh no, no. So, um, so System and Station lasted from '98 till 2013. Okay, okay. So th this band, this first band, you start playing guitar and singing. It's called System Last System. System and Station. System and Station. Okay. Yeah, and, and I and I had played guitar and sang in in one other band before I started System and Station. What was that? that? But System. Go ahead. What was that? What what, so, what was the name of that band? So the one before uh, System and Station was called Racing Vent, which was a whole a pretty garbage name, but <laughs> <laughs> that all only lasted like uh i don't know maybe a yeah year. but you gotta start somewhere right like skateboarding you don't right. start popping the ollies you know? 
Exactly. Well, maybe you yeah, do, but <laughs> getting getting my legs. Yeah. But we we do we do like a handful of runs around the northwest, and that's when I started getting warmed up for you know van life, and then and then once system and station started, it was we moved across the country to Madison, Wisconsin, and then uh, just so we could tour, do the East Coast stuff and do the Midwest stuff. Do you know people just... don't do, people don't realize Madison? Is on isthmus between two lakes. Well, you realize that if you live there. (laughs) Yeah, we lived right on the isthmus, in fact. The wind blowing off those lakes. Oh, man. Oh, freezing. (laughs) Yeah, we would get get snow drifts of uh, six to seven feet against our house where you couldn't get out the front door. You had to (laughs) dig out. We're talking about a Rocky Mountain guy from uh, Idaho, people. Yeah, yeah. The Wisconsin man, I didn't have like Idaho had nothing on on those <laughs> snowstorms. And then of course, the cold air blown across the lakes right in the middle. It it somehow would blow from both directions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just I think it's screwed. Mendota and Monona, or something like that. Yep. They're they're old native words. Okay, so how long how long you guys last out there? So we did three years out there in Madison. And then we uh, uh, moved out here to Portland. And then that original version of the band, so the two other guys from Idaho, they went back to Idaho. And then um, friends of ours from Madison that also moved out to Portland, they they joined System and Station with me. And we kept it going for another um, 12 years. You know, the good thing about Madison, though, I mean, it's a great town. It's a college town. It's a capital and good clubs to play. I always had one guy, Tom Layton, do my gigs till he just had a heart attack and died after riding his bike one night. But it's also close to other big towns, like the Midwest, yep. right? Chi-Town and Minneapolis. And, but then you get to the West, you're like me in, in SoCal, where, yeah, there's an I-5 tour, but then buttloads of miles. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that was the point of going out there, you know, is just yeah. to get in as much as possible. And then, of course, once you get, um, so you got the Midwest loop, but once you get into Ohio, from that point on, it was just so easy to hit the east. And, you you know, every, what, three hours you had a gig yeah. or four hours. Yeah, it's really happening. But the weather is, you can't, it's not like 365 days a year. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> so, so this band collapses. Well, what happened was, is we made it, again, we made it to 2013, and I had these songs for the first Last Giant record, and I just wanted to, uh, with all that time with other people, I just wanted to do my own thing, so I actually just went in and recorded the whole record by myself and just played all the instruments. So you already got a plan for Last Giant in this last phase of the... Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, I knew knew what I wanted to do, and I had been building these songs. And the other guys, too, they were, you know, starting to have kids and wanting to, you know, change it up. So we're all still good buddies, but I just wanted to move on and do something on my own creatively. Where'd you get the name Last Giant? Um, Well, actually, it's kind of one of those things that I just uh, started putting words together. Um, But also, you know, I I had an interest in that... um, John Coltrane uh, box set, which oh. was the last giant. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, 
So also, Horace Tapscott had a song called "The Giant Has Awakened," or something like this. Very famous, uh, L.A. Piano Man. Uh, we're at the f- end of the first hour, November 16, twenty twenty edition. Wap Pedro Show. Hold tight. Hold special guest Ryan, last giant. Hold tight for hour two. November 16, 2020, it's the second hour of the Walk for Pedro show.
people the trains roll in and the trains roll out do I wish I was riding people that ain't no doubt but still I'm staying staying here in this mean old town and I'll be staying
Hi, this is Stacy. Leave a message and I'll get back to you.
fight common sense as you ordered it. Drive this car straight off the cliff if you think it's best. We'll go with it. Pedro Show. We start off the second hour with Ideology from Last Giant and Sam Bennett. He was on uh, last Friday. Staying here in this mean old town. Goose and DJ Scotch Egg. 
that's Brother Shige in Berlin, uh, collaborate with a cat in Shanghai named Goose with Jack, the Slickback remix. Deep in the Woods out of Dublin, Tommy O'Sullivan, Stacy, the remix, Sea Level. This is something out of a Sea Town, Cleveland. Hard funk. Yeah, somebody sent me a picture. The dude had a D Boone sticker on his acoustic guitar. Much respect. Uh, followers, finally. Last Giant. So, you're, you, Ryan, this first batch of Last Giant tunes, you're actually writing while you're performing with the other band, on the last legs of this other band. Mm-hmm. So, what about the recording process? Everything well, was ready so to go? Was going in, around the last shows for System, I was going into a um, local studio here called Toad House Recordings. Which is uh, this guy Adam Pike? Um, he did uh, the first Red Fang record, and but anyway, I was going in and just uh, putting down a couple songs at a time, and then after System and Station had had our last show, then I just booked out um, a couple weeks in uh, January of 2014, and just went in and, the, and I set the studio up with with different uh, uh, like. So one area would be I'd have my drum kit, one area would be for the bass, one would be for guitar, and I just I just wanted to roll each part um, c- kind of quickly as as quickly as I could from one to the next. So I was okay, track the drums, run over bass. Ah, I was going to ask you that was the, the drums guitar. first? Yeah, because those uh, records well, were the you know the one man records like Prince and uh, Stevie Wonder, uh, Dave Grohl's first Foo Fighter. They all started with drums, so I was going to ask you that. Yeah, I think actually I did do a quick scratch. So I did do a quick scratch on the guitar. You know, obviously everything's too click, but um, yeah, then I go drums and do the bass, and then I do a, you know, kind of a more of a proper guitar take, and then double that, and then run the vocals. But I just try to do that same way for each song, because well, for another. Um, you know, I, I, the money too you're spending in the studio, yep. you're just doing one thing. It can take forever, so I made sure I was nice and prepared. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that was one kind of neat thing. Like, like you didn't do any writing in the studio, right? You had it all ready to go. Yeah, yeah I demoed everything at that, home, and that's smart. So, like, you made demos and shit. Yep. So I was demoing. I had one of those at the time. I wasn't even using you know, a computer recording setup. I had one of those old um, digital eight tracks, one of those old Roland digital eight tracks, but using that to demo it out and then... Believe it or not, Ryan, I've done an album, not myself, but I've played on things that became albums that came off those things. Nice. Yeah, yeah R- I mean, Richard Meltzer, Meltzer, the Spiel Gusher. They're hard as hell to edit on, but... Oh, Yeah. <laughs> We Which were talking. I never did. My whole, I treated it like analog, where I'm just like, "Hey, you got to get your takes right." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That's that's very happy. Here, I want to play "Kill Your Memory."
control It swallowed up the sky It climbed ever higher Too much for the soul to hold We watched as the flames burn all around us and became
so sad But as it turns out I'm really so glad You don't really matter You know I love you That was true But I'm happy That we're through I have better Things to do Then sit at home and say boo-hoo Sayin' 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 boo-hoo Sayin'
can't get it in the, in the take then and you're trying to chop stuff up that's it just didn't feel like playing music to me you know yeah it's it's more like uh well you know that word cut and paste is perfect because that's what it ends up sounding like right yeah <laughs> i swear so much new music sounds like this it's not together it's 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 not organic yeah. there's something ugh it, it, it really yeah, freaks me out. It, it freaks me out, man. And I'm not trying to say the old days or whatever, because it, especially with the Econo, with the equipment, but it's the way it's being used. It, these aren't word processing things. You know, it's not cut based. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's music is music because of the performance, know, the, like the you said. Yeah. 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 So let me tell the people, uh, Kill Your Memory from Last Giant, uh, The Woods from Samuel Locke Ward, Dot Wigan Band, Boo Hoo, Silver Thing, Sunshine Down, Do You Feel Me, Pussycat and the Dirty Johnsons, and finally, Radio Swell, Last Giant. So tell me about the first Last Giant gig. So the first Last Giant gig actually was here in Portland at a place called the Bunk Bar. And uh, so I had met... The drummer Matt Wiles, who's actually he's he's a um, full time member in Last Giant, and he actually he's listed as you know he, he co wrote this new album with me, um, well helped arrange and whatnot. Um, so I met him, and then the old bass player from System and Station, Adam Schultz, uh, played with us. So we were we were operating as a three piece, and our first show we opened for. Um, the Life and Times. Are you familiar with them at all? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So Alan Epley and so the Life and Times was our first show, and uh, yeah, it was a blast. It was fun. It was really interesting because the first time I'd ever made a record and then, you know, by myself and obviously and then trying to learn how to play those songs live with other people, and uh, it just ended up feeling even better than the record, you know, because you have that. You can hear it all in the space and you can, you know, everybody's putting their elbow grease in it. And it was fun. Now, was, relating with uh, your drummer, man, because you're a drummer. So you kind of know what you want. You know, like with me, I have to kind of hopefully the guy can. I don't try to imagine from him stuff that's impossible to do. I mean, George, you would tell me that. God damn. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I got so weirded out. I tried to, right after Fireworks, make a band with two drummers because Georgie was right in a way because I was asking him to do like impossible things with the kick drum because <laughs> the kick drum is the, cl I know it looks like a fucking guitar, but actually the closest note on the stage to the bass mm. is the kick drum. Mm. So I was right. asking for all these things, but he says, dude, that's part of this whole. He goes, one time Georgie said to me, you know, kick drum is just something I put in the, between everything else. <laughs> he says, I'm not balancing on my tailbone using every fucking limb. So oh, I got man, a mud. You know, the one, let me tell you one more thing before I don't want to bogart on your time, but big mistake Minutemen made was not putting George Hurley at the front of the fucking stage. You know, I've been doing it the last 20 years. A lot of respect for that cat. So let's get back to this communication. You sort of like Dave Grohl, right? Uh, I've read something where he replaced drums on one of the records, but he knew, he, he, being a drummer man, he knows what can be done. So do you have the same kind of thing with your drummer man? Um, yeah, well, like if I'm, if I'm 
you know, I, I'm writing. I, most of the time I can't help it, but the drum parts are going to pop in my head or how I hear it. And, and I just break those down into what I, you know, do I hear it as absolutely essential to, to the, you know, a part or, you know, to the song. And if it is, then I'll, then I'll communicate it to him if I really hear it. But most of the time, you know, if it's the two of us in a room, I want him to be able to go through what he hears and try absolutely everything. And if it's not happening, then we can go back to my original idea. Just, just so you, um, just so he feels like he's part of it, but also you never know what you're going to find. Um, but if I hear something in my brain that I just, I know, then I, then I can get a little rigid about those certain parts. But for the most part, I, I keep it, try and keep it as open, open canvas, if that makes sense. No, it does. And, and what also tells me, <laughs> excuse me, that you got a trust thing with them is you, you brought him on as Cole Ranger. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's really, and that's the thing too, is I've played, I've been lucky enough to play with a lot of great drummers being a drummer myself. I've been, I've been real lucky that way, but I, I feel Matt's kind of one of those guys where I feel, you know, he's, he's just got some chops that I just don't have. You know what I mean? That, that I really appreciate his skill level and, and his input. He's a, he's a good dude. Great player. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love hearing that, but you know, it took a drummer man to trust a drummer man, but other musicians have got to understand this shit that drummers aren't retarded dudes that aren't musicians. This is an old cliche, right. an old cartoon that I think came out of jealousy because we know where the real power is, especially a rock and roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a giant thing my, my. to make the drummer out to be like some kind of clown. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. My, my grandpa, you know, he was a big band player, and that's why he got me that drum kit. And I remember him telling me super young, he just said, people are going to tell you, and of course, this could be in different contexts, but he's, he said, you know, people are going to tell you these days, and this was like the late 80s, that your lead singer is the lead of the band. It's not. It's your it's your drummer, as far as the mu musicality, not the guy signing the checks, the musicality. And um, your band's only as good as your drummer. Yeah, and that's your grandpa's just, fucking right on. Totally right on. Yep. And that just stuck with me my whole life. So Yeah, good, great, great. Man, I wish I could have took some lessons from him. We're at the end of the second hour, November 16, 2020, Dishwap Pedro Show. Special guest Ryan from Last Giant. Hold tight for hour three. November 16, 2020. It's the third hour. What from Pedro Show.
for Pedro Show, third hour. Uh, started off with Emperor in Reverse from Last Giant. Wasted Space. Uh, that's Crane. Now, he lived here. Uh, Pals Verdes next to Pedro. But he's been in Idaho, but he's way up north. Almost by uh, Canada border. And uh, he sent me these tapes when he was down here as a teenager. And Wasted Space. Empress. Then Bronze Age UFO. Brand new from them. Uh, out of Baltimore. Racket Man. And finally, Letter to Lennon. Uh, Last Giant. Now, this is spelled like John Lennon's Lennon. Uh, did you write this for him? Yeah, I actually wrote... Uh, well, I wrote the song... So it's interesting because this is this song was actually written a, a, a couple years ago before Last Giant took a break. And then... Uh, um, when we reconvened uh, October 2019 to start writing out this record, we decided to use this song. But I'd written it right after uh, the last election and just, you know, everything going on. I, I, I wrote it in, from a perspective of what would uh, what would John Lennon think of what's going on right now? You know, um, how would he feel about, you know, after all he put in and just is the kind of perspective that not much has changed in fact it probably has gotten a lot worse from what he was fighting before you know and his statement before now you know who passed away the same weekend he did mm. well he was murdered darby from the yeah. germs now this oh, I, really? yeah. that was the same weekend i had no idea yeah it was pearl harbor I, that's why i always remembered like the december 7 because i was dying in pneumonia in a hosp, I was 20, uh, just about turned 22, and they had bags of ice between my legs and my armpits to try to bring a fever down. And, uh, yeah, uh, he had heavy things, though. I think uh, a lot of problems with the man. They were th trying to throw him out of the country. I thought I think he felt a lot of stress, too. Uh, in those days, things were... Even though fucked up now and stuff, but you can imagine how uptight uh, stuff was in those days. Uh, you could oh, yeah. go to prison for life for Mota. <laughs> it was like right. That's right. That's when it, that well Reagan, right? Yeah. Well, well, he just got in that year. Okay, mm -hmm. but think about the seventies and the sixties, and you know what his time, right? So, mm -hmm. but this idea of like you imagining. Another cat. Does does this help you with songwriting? Yeah, as far as as far as lyrics go, I mean, I could I can um, the, lyrically this the newest album, you know, it really it's me kind of blowing off steam of what's what I see going on um, in the world, and just you know, there there's definitely some political aspects. So, but I I try to write lyrics from all kinds of different perspectives. On the last record I try to write more from like stories um if lyrically and then you know also some you know personal experience. But, what's um, what uh can I ask you what's harder, music or the words? Oh, always the words. And what comes always. first, the music or the words? Uh, the music always, yeah. Okay. And what about the yeah. title? I always ask people this. The title comes before the rest of the lyrics usually. Well, I don't know. I guess there's no real one set way. Sometimes it works like the okay. 
there's a song called the end will begin on this new record yeah we played that and yeah and exactly so that that song um it it uh the title just showed up in my brain and then i wrote to the title essentially um but then other times i'll I'll have a working title that gets thrown out once the lyrics are in place, if it makes a little bit more sense with, with you know. I'll let you know why I asked yeah. you, because I always have to start with the title, because that's, like you said, like a kind of a focus, an anchor point that can start from there. But almost everybody I ask, they, they say the title comes last. <laughs> right. I, 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 I guess there's no... The only set way I, I, you know, I have from running is is the music comes first. Like that, I'll, I'll shoot. A, sometimes music comes from dreams. I'll, I'll dream a song, wake up, pick up guitar, and it's there. Sometimes I'll just get, you know, one quick, you know, hook in my brain and try and get that out, and then it'll gestate for years and then come to fruition. So do you use the little always... uh, recorder kind of thing? You know, I started doing this. I put a bass, the, the little uh, Hofner from China, uh, like a Beatle bass. They're really light yeah. and stuff. I got it for Taff Falco, and I love it. It's got its own trip in it, but I can put it right where I conk. So I'm like, uh, like you say, you wake up and you just, yeah, get it on there on the little scratch pad. It's a little recorder thing. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I never did that in the old days and shit. So much shit got forgot. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. But do you notice now, too, that like you'll fill up um, like or, or if you record something on your phone, you just record so many of these hooks, but nothing, you know, a lot of stuff just can sit. Well, you know, mine's like a Star Trek. So can. You can't do that shit. <laughs> my sister, yeah. it's actually my, the two for one thing with my sister, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't have a smart one, I, but th this one's just a little song. Uh, I want to play uh, Edge of Town.
head for the horizon Love will keep on hiding Just gotta dig deeper Dig, dig much deeper Dig deeper Dig, dig much deeper And you might just find love At the end of the world Maybe there's love Stereophonic sound, sound sculptured in space.
This then is stereophonic sound. Sound sculptured in space. space. space.
we're trying to remember something like, oh, I know it was cool, but I just can't. <laughs> I bring that little recorder now when I do my hobbles in the morning. But like, in, yeah, like I was saying, in Minutemen days, if I didn't write that tune right when I thought of it, bye-bye. <laughs> Maybe somehow it was invested into the next time I did get a song. Uh, on the, In those days, cassette recorder, right? The way you push the two fingers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people, last music of this edition, Edge of Town from Last Giant, End of the World, the Thomas uh, Scott Quintet, that's what Brother Phil in Liverpool, he's going to make a piano record. Uh, a scalpel big band out of Poland with uh, some more brass. Uh, uh, big band, I should say. A sculpture. And uh, live. And then Trupa Trupa from uh, Gdansk, Poland. Felice. Felice. Yeah. God, they, 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 they know English better than I do. Portland's own poison idea with it's in action. And finally, Dead Shore. Yeah, what's the plan right now? Well, you know, just, I think just like everybody else, it's um, playing music and trying to figure out what happens next. Just, uh, actually, I got a, you know, I, I got a call that I was furloughed from work due to, you know, the, the pandemic. And so then my schedule opened wide open, you know, wide open and we, uh, we actually uh, just recorded the whole thing like two weeks after, uh, two weeks into April, and then we thought we had we. So Paul Malinowski from Shiner mixed it out in Kansas City, and we recorded it here at my home studio. But um, we thought we had it completed, and then the song "Ideology" that was a popped up in a dream and said, "We you know I want to throw this on the record," and so we recorded that hastily and sent it back out to him and and uh, the record was all mastered and mixed and wrapped by july absolutely Ide ideology is directly i mean that's you know if you look back in time there's been things with, that got in the way of music oh absolutely but there's so much music coming out right now so many people are creating and yeah yeah and where can people find you on the internet uh so we are at uh lastgiantband.com and then we've got uh, the band camp, which is... Um, yeah, but they can probably find that there at your own uh, site, right? And band camp is oh, great, yeah. by the way, man. First Fridays, right, of every month, they give all the bones to the bands. Yep. Yeah. That's what's paying for the vinyl, upcoming vinyl release, so... Yeah, thank you, good people there. And thank you for keeping on, keeping on, man. People, November 16, 2020, Dishwat, Dishwat, the Wat from Pedro Show, keep your powder dry.